Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Just Saying Sports. My name is Jake Adnip. I'm here with Sean Dwyer. How you doing? We got uh, another episode for you. It's been a heck of a winter. Nothing has nothing has gone right for free agents. It took this long. Spring training has already started. We want to talk about some of the uh, biggest free agent signings in MLB history, actually, and give you our thoughts on them. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, all different in their own respects, and each contract is a little uh, bigger than the next or in some way or the other. So we'll get to each one of those and give you guys our breakdowns of if we think they're good contracts, bad contracts, uh, if we would do it, and exactly what they're going to be doing in their new respective or, you know, same cities. But, Sean, first of all, I want to ask you the question. Bryce Harper just got signed. This uh, this free agent market, you know, there's Craig Kimbrell still out there. There's it's there's no, there, it's not it's not going good. It took till spring break. Why now? Uh, why why didn't this happen three months ago? I really think that in Bryce Harper's case, he was waiting for the chips to fall with Manny Machado signing and some other extensions like Nolan Arenado's to play out before he signed because he wanted to see where the market was. And since he values himself higher than other than where of, of these other players, he thinks he is the premier free agent. He went into this offseason thinking that he was going to get the biggest deal. So he wanted to see what other people landed on before he signed his. In terms of the Manny Machado deal taking so long, I don't know um, why that one took so long. Manny Machado was not um, as highly sought after as that, from everything I'm reading as Bryce Harper. There was the questions about his effort and if he really wanted to be playing baseball as much as other players. And then the Nolan Arenado contract, that was an extension. Um, I didn't see that one coming. I thought he was going to be going into free agency after next season. But Bryce Harper wanted to see how all the other contracts wanted to be the last guy kind of at the table in terms of hitters, which I think he is the highest profile guy left. So he set the bar where he thinks it should be and expected to get overshadowed next year when Trout signs his, his deal. Of course. Now, that makes a lot of sense. And we'll start from the beginning with the first of these three signings that happened, which was Manny Machado. Sent a 10-year, $300 million sign uh, with the San Diego Padres. Joins Eric Hosmer down there. So back-to-back years, they had, like, the largest output of free agent money to one player. Uh, and that was pretty crazy. So they, they're starting to look good. I know Manny Machado is going to be moving from shortstop to third base. They have very, very good prospects at shortstop, not at third base. What do you think of the move, and do you think that he's going to fit well in San Diego? <clears throat> on, on the surface level, it does look like he's going to fit in well in San Diego. Uh, just a quick number to put on it. The Padres have spent $474 million in free agency the past two seasons, which is the tops out of Major League Baseball. Going back the previous 25 years total, San Diego had spent $309 million in free agency, which is 27th in the major. So they have gone from being a non-spender to a spender with signing, you know, the show's favorite baseball player, Eric Hosmer, who last year ended up with a 353 average, 18 home runs, 69 RBIs. Not a great year in San Diego, but when you put some other pieces around him like Manny Machado, the focus is going to be a lot more off Hosmer and on the entire lineup. And I think that's going to fare well for San Diego. They kind of are skipping a little bit of a step 
in terms of the rebuild by bringing in such a high-profile player before all the prospects are ready. But Manny Machado is not going to be a free agent every year. This was their time to take a shot at it, and they did. And they set up their infield pretty much beautifully for the future. They have two – they have their corners secured, um, Machado and Hosmer, great defensive – minds there on their corners and in the middle they can kind of play with other guys you know Luis Urias is going to be a future guy in San Diego um depending on Tatis's development he could be a shortstop or second base to start the season but they have pieces there to lock down that infield for a very long time yeah and I think the whole 10-year contract and that's one of the things that we'll see over this one and we'll talk about Bryce Harper's which is uh even longer but that I feel like that's what these players want is they actually do just want to find a place, settle in and, you know, enjoy playing baseball. It's, there's so many people who can rotate in and out of the major leagues that when you find some place like that, you can just settle in and call home. I think that's the preferred, you know, mode and method. And Manny Machado played third base in Baltimore. We can't forget that. You know, he definitely has plenty of experience there. His arm is incredible. You know, he has a cannon. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like you can literally throw throw a guy out from his knee on third base with ease, and um, uh, it, it, he'll be just fine out there. Like you said, that infield is going to be working overtime, but uh, that lineup will start to look better and better as they age. But talking about a good lineup now, Bryce Harper, like we said, uh, well, well, actually, we'll, we'll go to Nar- Nolan Arenado first because uh, he this yeah. happened in between. Yeah, yeah. He he. It happened in between, so he didn't sign the no ten ten year thing, but he got an eight year, two hundred and sixty million dollar extension with no full trade clause, and basically making him the highest per year salary player in major league history for position players. Yes, yes. And um, my thoughts, real quick. I have made no secret about Nolan Arenado being my favorite baseball player. I don't think I have. Have I? I think I've made that clear. Correct. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, his he's just had an outstanding career. I think he is the best baseball player in baseball. If Nolan Arenado had Harper's contract, I would not have said that he was overpaid going back and looking at where he ranks over the past four seasons in Major League Baseball. He ranks third in home runs, first in RBIs, and first in extra base hits. He's got a war over the past since he started that has just been steadily increased from 1.8, 2.6, 4.5, and then 16, 2016 to 2018s, he's been in the fives, which has been a very great for him. His career, uh, 291 average, 186 home runs. He's had a very good career. Um, some advanced stats for people. Um, OPS, which is on-base plus slugging, has kind of been one of the advanced metrics that a lot of more broadcasts are going to. And a 900 OPS is great, as according to Fangraphs.com. Nolan Arenado is at an 886, so he's almost to that great range. His uh, weighted on-base average which is another advanced stat that is starting to be used more, is 372. Um, according to Fangraphs, great is 370. So I think that he is showing that he is a very good offensive player. But then you have to also throw in the fact he's won six straight gold gloves at third base since he's come into the league. He is the complete player in baseball. And if he does not win a 
MVP before his career is done, it'll be probably one of the worst things to happen to baseball. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. I don't think you have anything to worry about in that aspect, but uh, he de- he he definitely deserved an eight year contract. He wanted to stay in Colorado. He liked playing at that field. He, he, I mean, yeah, uh, that's what? exactly. He, uh, I mean, that, that, I'm not saying the field has to do with how many extra, extra base hits he has, but man, you know, that's an extremely uh, friendly park, we should say, hitter friendly park. No, the yeah. last one that we are going to talk about is the Big Kahuna with Bryce Harper. We all saw this coming for years now. Everybody knew it was another year. Bryce Harper's going, oh, my God, what's going to happen? We, you know, I think at the beginning or the middle of last baseball season, I thought he would stay in D.C., which was funny. His mind kind of did stay in D.C. He got caught slipping, saying he was going to bring a title to D.C. That was funny. But anyways, uh, he signed a, what, 13-year, $330 million contract. No trade clause. No opt-out. At all. Yeah, he's stuck in 13 years. Out. There's nothing he can do. He's under contract. Yep. So, not now, smart, smart, smart or dumb. It, smart or dumb. Well, to me, it, it's smart because he kind of takes all other options. The team can't cut. I don't think they can release him, but it's going to be a very, very hefty payout. So, Bobby Bonilla, sir. He's betting on, yeah, he's betting on himself a lot by having the no opt-outs, um, a full no trade clause that if he wants to get traded and the Phillies put together a trade, he can obviously okay the trade, but they can't trade him without his okay. The no trade clause doesn't mean he's never going to be oh, yeah, traded. But he's he's he stuck there is, the, is my point. Is he... I just want, this is something that I've heard and I wanted to make clear up is just because there's a no trade clause doesn't mean he won't be traded. It just means he has to approve it. But the Phillies, I mean, they, we're in the bottom of the NL East the past couple two couple of years ago, and they had a great year last year where there was some development with their prospects. And then they go out and they make this splash signing with Bryce Harper, um, and I think they are positioning themselves to be the favorites in the NL East, along with the Atlanta Braves, who is another team that I've talked highly about on this podcast. It's going to be the NL East is going to be amazing to watch this year. It's going to be the games that I circle on the ESPN calendar when they put out their baseball schedule. The Atlanta Braves versus the Phillies games are going to be amazing to watch, and I cannot wait for that. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, they went and picked up Real Muto. I mean, their lineup is going to be fantastic. You got yeah, Andrew going McCutcheon, yeah, their you got lineup. Andrew McCutcheon, former MVP, Segura. Herrera, I mean, these are these are speedy and guys who know what they're doing. And the most going through their lineup real quick of guys that they've added, you know, they signed at McCutcheon, like you said. They traded for Segura and Remuto. And then you look at the rest of the lineup from guys who are they've developed themselves from Herrera to Miguel Reese Franco Hoskins. to Reese. Yeah, Reese yeah he's a monster. Uh, just a couple quick notes on some of these guys that you might not have heard of before. Cesar Hernandez might be one of the most underappreciated, underrated second baseman in baseball. Last year, he had a career year, was up on all of his numbers after Philadelphia fans were wanting to try and push Scott Kingery in. Uh, Kingery did not have a great year, so Hernandez has won that spot for now. The other one that people might not know of, uh, Mikel Franco, was on pace for a career year last year 
cut his strikeout uh, percentages down, and he had a, a little bit of an injury in the middle of the season, missed some time. So obviously that didn't get him over where he was projected to finish, but he is on the right track. Herrera was an outstanding – he had his worst year of his career last year, but he is projected to, by all metrics I've looked at, bounce back just fine. So these, those are the guys that are like the, the, the holdovers in Philadelphia's lineup right now. And ending with Reese Hoskins, he is a beast of a player. He has done very well for himself in the limited time he's done in Philadelphia. Uh, last year with 34 home runs, 96 RBIs. Uh, batting average at 246. Would like to see that up a little bit, but playing first base instead of trying to figure out how to play outfield for him. Um, last year he was struggling in the outfield, learning the position. He moves back to first base now with the signing of McCutcheon and Harper. He is going to be feel at home, so I think the offense will do better for him this season. Yeah, and the addition of Bryce Harper. I mean, do you think he's going to bat before or after Hoskins? I would bet Bryce Harper before in, in Reese Hoskins, slot, and here's right? why. Here's why. Harper has for all he has power to go yard at that number three spot. But if you the MLB.com projected lineup right now goes Hernandez, McCutcheon, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, Segura, Franco, Herrera, and they have the starting pitcher at nine. Looking at that lineup, if you put Harper at the three spot. Hernandez is an on-base guy. McCutcheon has turned into more of an on-base guy as his age has gone up in his career. Harper has always been a more of a power hitter, in my opinion, um, but he can hit a lot of line drives. And the park that he's going to in Philadelphia is comparable to yeah, Arenado's park yeah. in terms of just in terms of home runs it gives up to left-handed hitters. It's it's crazy. But right now, when you look at it, if you put Harper in front of Hoskins and Real Muto, you're putting another possibility of having more guys on base for Real Muto and Hoskins, who are more power hitters, I think. I don't know. It's I would put them in front of Hoskins, because Hoskins is more of a power threat to clear the bases, and Real Muto and Segura are more table setters, again, to set it up for Franco and Herrera. Herrera is a leadoff guy. I think having him at eight would be kind of that second leadoff guy that people talk about to get the uh, starting pitcher out of the way and then back over to Hernandez to flip the lineup over. But I think that the lineup right now that is projected for the Phillies, they could go a lot of different ways with it. And every way I look at it, it is a dangerous major league lineup instantly as soon as you put Bryce Harper into it. Well, I guess we'll see. A lot of people are already talking about them being the favorites, not even just uh... – you know, out of the NL East, but out of the NL in general. Uh, but we'll see. And, I mean, that's a lot of money that just went out the window. We were just talking about almost a billion dollars worth of contracts. <laughs> it's crazy. You have three guys almost worth a billion dollars in contracts <laughs> signed within two weeks of oh, each other. money flowing. Hey, they have earned it, and we're here to talk about it. <laughs> But, yeah, that's really going to do it for our show today. Just wanted to bring you the update on all of the uh, signings. There's still a few left out there who haven't been signed, but we'll see exactly what they do. We've already had some time about some other players on previous episodes. So if we hear anything else, we'll make sure to keep you updated. But spring training's underway. That's pretty awesome. Baseball's right around the corner, I believe, March 28th, opening day. Uh, yep. We got 
less than a month. This is our first show in March. It's also it's gonna my last show was a twenty four year old. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, buddy. It's coming yeah, it up real quick. Yeah, I'll be turning twenty five this week, so everybody who's listening, go out there and wish wish uh me and my mom a happy birthday. She turns whatever next uh on the eleventh is her birthday, so good call. Good yeah, call. Right. <laughs> Anyways, without further ado, my name is Jake Adnip. I'm Sean Dwyer. Just saying sports. Make sure you subscribe, download, share, whatever it takes. We love you, and we will see you next week.